0: Welcome to worship. Hope you had a great uh, Christmas break and, and holiday. Happy New Year. Um, we're kicking off 2018 with a, with a new sermon series, and we're starting off the new year with a series that's focused on our church's priorities. In other words, the things that we feel are the most important for us to do, the most important things for us to become. And we want to begin with the area of, of discipleship. And the way we've defined being a disciple is we define it as a life-changing journey in Christ, with Christ, for Christ, and with other people. And uh, let's let's flesh it out a little bit. Um, as we heard from Dan just a second ago, Paul calls this in verse six. He says, "So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith." As you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. So we are to be rooted and built up in Christ, strengthened in the faith, and overflowing with thankfulness. We are to be to become disciples and live into the life that called us, that God has called us to have. In his wonderful book, The Island of Lost Maps, author uh, Miles Harvey describes uh, or shares a sentiment with which I think many of us can resonate. At least I know I have occasionally. He writes, in my 30s, I spent a great deal of time in the the Kopi, Traveler's Cafe in Chicago, whose walls are adorned with masks from Bali and shelves filled with guides to far-flung destinations. I was then the literary critic for Outside Magazine, a great job, but it was beginning to wear on my patience. He says, you see, the books I read were about people who climbed Himalayan peaks, who, who sailed across the Atlantic in wooden boats, who rode a bicycle across Africa and trekked into the restricted areas of China. He writes, These tales of adventure filled my days and my imagination, yet my own life was lacking adventure. The interior of the Kopi coffee shop, he writes, was ringed by clocks, each one showing a time from a different, exotic, far-flung location. He says, I sat there and I, I watched the weeks ticked away, uh, Ticking away in places like Timbuktu or Juno or, or Gao and I began to long for an adventure of my own. I don't know about you, but I've always had a, a love of, of maps and geography. I'm not sure why that is. Um, always had a little bit of wanderlust and loved to travel. Uh, maybe it stems from the time when, uh, growing up as a kid, uh, there weren't GPS, of course, and we would go on these long trips to Colorado or to Canada or, or Yellowstone or wherever. And um, as a kid, there wasn't a lot to do with your time. You didn't have cell phones, didn't have video games. Uh, my dad didn't usually have the radio on. We couldn't pick the station anyway, right? And um, so we'd play cards, read a book, or take a nap. And uh, I could never sleep in the car. still have a hard time doing that. And so I somehow became the navigator. So get, dad would give me an atlas, and I would look at the atlas, and I would plot out, okay, it's this far, and, we, you know, and this is where we're going to get there. And I've always loved maps, and, and thinking about traveling. And Harvey uh, has that same love of maps. And as he sat in that coffee shop and he looked at all these exotic places, uh, imagining himself in South Africa or, or South America or Australia, he said, I began to reflect upon my life. And he said, I was beginning to act like a character in in The Heart of Darkness, the Joseph Conrad novel about traveling into the, the heart of the Congo. He said... Were who kept saying over and over to put off doing something. He says, when I grow up, I will go there. Can you, can you uh, relate to that statement? Putting off something that you've wanted to do for a long time, thinking, well, my life will change at some point when I have time, when I don't have distractions. When I grow up, I'll, I'll go there. I'll become that person. I'll, I'll do that thing. Well, Jesus Christ is, is calling us to grow up. He's calling us to, to become mature in Christ, to become rooted in Christ, to, to follow him in a life changing journey with other people, with other disciples. There's an example of this. It begins in Matthew chapter four. And listen to this story from the Bible about some people who, who took a chance, who who stepped out, who who stepped out of their life and grew up and, and followed Christ. Matthew four verse eighteen. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Jesus said, Come, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, Jesus saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. And Jesus called them, and immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. You know striking how immediate their response is. Jesus says, come, follow me. They these hardworking, blue-collar fishermen, very practical guys, I'm sure, drop their their working nets, they get out of their boat, they leave it behind, they leave behind their associates In, in one case, they're leaving behind their father, and they follow Jesus. Seems pretty impulsive. I mean we all sometimes maybe ever had this fantasy, you know, it'd be great just to be able to leave this all behind and move to the mountains. You know, lead backpack trips or, or go to a, a a beach somewhere and and, and live in a, live simply and, and just in fish or whatever it might be. We all have these these daydreams once in a while, but to follow through seems rather impulsive that they would just follow me and they leave everything and immediately go. But as you read through the rest of, of this chapter in Matthew four beginning in verse 23, it begins to under, you begin to understand why they responded the way that they did. Jesus went throughout Galilee, it says, verse 23, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the, gospel, of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and Jesus healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. So all sorts of people from all different locations decided to leave behind families, friends, or whatever, to follow Jesus because why? Because they saw Jesus transforming lives. Because they saw the power of God at work in Jesus Christ. They had seen with their own eyes, they had heard with their own ears, What Jesus could do when a life was placed in His hands, they'd seen His transforming power. Jesus said this in John 10.10, I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. In other words, life with a capital L, life to the full. Jesus says, that's why I've come. That you might have life, not just in heaven, but abundant life here in this life, in this world. How about you? Are you interested in a in a more interesting life, a more adventurous life, a more abundant, healthier, fuller life with greater passion, with greater purpose? What if Jesus could take you to a place where your your past wounds and mistakes and sins would no longer hinder you or hamper you from being totally free and living for the Lord? What if Jesus could take you to a place where you could begin again and know power and victory in your life? What if Jesus could take you to a place where every morning you would get up feeling exhilarated with purpose and passion because you knew that God was going to do something in you and through you that day? What if there was a way you could be so close to God that you not only knew about Him, but He was your closest friend, your closest companion? Jesus is calling you and me. He's calling us to a life of passion and purpose. He's calling us to a life-changing journey with Him and with others. I mean, imagine if Jesus would take your life and work in it in love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, the fruit of the Spirit overflowed in such a way that no addiction or seduction or distraction or sin could ever own you or control you again. Imagine that Jesus would get into your life in such a way that No enemy could ever faze you and no, no storm or strife could ever destroy you. Would you want that kind of life? Would you say yes to that kind of life as Jesus came by and said, come, follow me. Live a different kind of life. Now, for those of us who have been following Jesus or at least attending church for years, he's been making that call and invitation every day to that sort of transforming life. But much as we sometimes fantasize about doing something impulsive and making a big change in our life, for whatever reason, in this area, this sort of invitation sometimes feels maybe a little bit out of reach to some of us. Maybe God is calling just the super saints or missionaries or whoever to that sort of life, but it's not really going to be the experience of the average, ordinary person. So often our reply is like Joseph Conrad in that book, The Heart of Darkness. When I grow up, I'll go there. When I have a little bit more faith, less distractions, a little more time, when I don't have all these obligations, life isn't so complicated, yeah, Jesus, then I'll go there with you. Yes, then I'll respond in a a radical way to you. In his book, Divine Appointments, Erwin McManus suggests that many of us church folks unintentionally become sideliners. You know, people who are more spectators in life, not not players, observers, not not livers of life. But Jesus is calling us to get off the sidelines, to make the most of the days we have, to get involved, to to make a difference, to live with passion, to live with purpose, to see change and transformation in our lives. But so often, people in this world, we can all be guilty of it, we live more vicariously than we do valiantly or victoriously. So, for example, they, they live through romance novels vicariously or, or they fight their battles of courage through uh, fantasy proxies like James Bond or Katniss Everdeen. But God is calling us to grow up spiritually and to follow Jesus. To know the abundant life that God has called us to. To get off the sidelines. You know, I don't know where you get your news from, whether it's CNN or Fox News or Sign Journal or wherever, New York Times, wherever you get it from, if you're like me, you look at the headlines and you look at the tensions in our world, the tensions in our communities, the tensions between races, attentions, in marriages, and in, in all sorts of places, online forums. There's all sorts of stuff in our world that's really discouraging. And I look at that and I think, we need more grown-ups, don't we? We need more, more spiritually mature people. People who who love the Lord, who love others, and who are following Jesus radically and passionately. We need people who who are filled with love and joy and patience and courage and clarity of vision. We need those people in our homes, in our schools, our churches, our communities. People who have fully grown up. Who are living the way that God has called us to live. Not settling in and not settled. I think uh, the way Roy, Roy Ortland describes a lot of us is pretty accurate. He writes, "You and I are not integrated, unified, whole persons. Our hearts are multi-divided. It's like we have a boardroom in every heart. Imagine this scene," he says, "a big table, leather chairs, coffee, bottled water, and a whiteboard. And a committee sits around the table in your heart. There's the social self, the private self, the 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 recreational self, the religious self, the sexual self, all the other selves. And the committee is arguing and debating and voting, constantly agitated and upset." Rarely do they come to a unanimous, wholehearted decision. And we we tell ourselves that that we're this way because life is complicated. We're busy. But the truth is we're just divided, unfocused, hesitant, and unfree. The Bible says we're all sinners, that we aren't what God has called us to be or intended to us to be. And what can we do with that situation? Well, if we want to grow up into who Christ has created us to be, There's several ways we can approach it. One is to say, Okay, Jesus, this coming year I'm going to make a resolution. This year I'm going to listen to you more. I'm going to give you a vote at the table. We let Christ become one more complication in an already crowded, confusing, and clamorous life. Another way to approach it is says, Well, my life isn't working the way it's supposed to, so come in and fire my committee. Let every one of them go, and I hand myself over to you, Jesus. I put myself in your hands. That's a good option. Another option might even be better because it goes a little bit further. Um, for, so, for so long, Russell Moore says, we've said as evangelicals, invite Jesus into your life. Maybe another way to think of it is Jesus is inviting us into his life. We are to give up our lives and take on his life. Live for him, with him, and through him. He wants to take us on a a great adventure. He wants us to come and follow me. He wants us to see the life for which we are truly made. So here's a recommendation in the last few minutes. Consider putting at the top of your resolution list this commitment. I will take some deliberate steps, meaning actual action, not just intention, but take some deliberate steps to go on the great adventure with Christ this year. I'll get off my chair, get off the sidelines, and I'm going to take some risks for Jesus this year. I'm going to surrender to him completely. I'm going to engage with him, becoming, growing as a disciple, and doing a life-changing journey with him and with others. With others is a key part, right? We make resolutions, but if we don't have somebody doing it with us, so often we, we fail. So I want encourage you, if this is going to be a resolution for you to join a life group or a men's group or a women's group, some sort of Bible study, some sort of accountability group, or if you're in youth ministry to join, to really get plugged in there with a life group, uh, to make deliberate steps to be plugged in into this life-changing journey with Jesus, but with other people. That's the way we're designed. You know, um, Dan Meyer, a pastor, tells of a time when he went on an adventure. Uh, He says, "I, I remember vividly when I was younger, jumping out of an airplane. I was about 20 years old. I was with my brother, and we were flying over the countryside of northern New York. I had a parachute on my back, and I was the first guy the one closest to the door. The wind was howling by, and the guy had me put my legs over the side of the plane, and then he said, go. He said, if I had not made that decision when I was on the ground, before my heart started going a million miles an hour, to go, when he said, go, I would not have gone, and I would have missed out on an incredible adventure. An amazing experience. We need to make up our minds and our heart before we get into the heat of the battle. Yes, Jesus, I will follow you in a radical and new way. Yes, I am going to follow through on my my commitment to do life with you and to do it with others. You know, one of my favorite scenes in the Disney movie, um, uh, The Incredibles, remember that movie, animated movie, The Incredible Family, and Bob, Mr. Incredible... Bob Parr, he was a superhero, but for some reason he was put into retirement, and he's working in this cubicle, and he's got this little tiny car, and and, and it it shows him just totally bored stiff. You know, he's obviously not doing what he was created to do. And he, he comes home one day, and he drives into the, pulls into the driveway, and he's irritated from the day, he's frustrated, he's going nowhere, he feels like in life. And he looks over, and this little boy is sitting there on the driveway watching him, and he's irritated, and so he takes that out a little bit on the boy He says, what are, you wa- what are you waiting for? And the kid looks back and says, Something amazing. And Bob looks at him and softens, and he says, Me too, kid. Me too. The amazing has come to us through the person of Jesus Christ. We have an incredible opportunity. God is calling us to join Jesus Christ on a journey, to know abundant life, to be transformed to see lives change, to see His power in our lives, and to do it with others. Say yes to that journey. Make a commitment to grow deeper in Christ this year. Join Jesus and us on a life-changing journey with Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for your, Your Word. We're grateful, Jesus, for Your call upon our lives. Lord, we confess that so often we... We settle in and or we settle for less than what you would have for us. Help us, Father, to, to resist that urge. Help us, rather, to respond to your your positive call to a, a life of, of greater joy and meaning and pur- purpose and passion and abundant life. Lord, I pray that you would just bless us in those commitments in our minds and hearts. That... Many lives would grow deeper and be changed in this coming year. Help us, Lord, to do it together. And help us, Lord, to to do it for you, with you, and through you. We ask this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen.